intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by 10000 or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only 1 years of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 3653640714 thank you Welcome to another episode of the Dog On It Trucking Podcast. My name's Chris Harris. This week's guest, Sherry Lozer of MindWave, and we are talking ADHD. How in the heck does ADHD relate to truck drivers? I guess you gotta listen. Here we go. Sherry, welcome. Thank you. And sorry for the audience. We are sitting our six feet apart now, you know, this, <laughs> and this is... You are my very first person-to-person -person interview. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I started the podcast before COVID, uh, but had done it always remotely until we had our technical difficulties and you live close enough and you came in to see me. So, awesome. Welcome. Thank For you. the audience, we are talking about truck driving today, but Sherry's going to introduce herself and let you know because she has an unusual background, and we're going to be talking about ADHD and how it applies to driving. Sherry, what is your background? Thank you. Yeah, so I am actually a certified applied neuroscience coach. So certified professional coach is one piece of that, and the other piece of that is the applied neuroscience. Uh, so essentially what that means is the applied neuroscience is really about understanding how our brains work and how it influences what we do and how we behave on a regular basis. Um, and I also have certifications in cognitive behavioral coaching, uh, as well as corporate training, uh, amongst a few other things around communication. And uh, so I primarily work with entrepreneurs who are ADHD, and um, those sometimes are diagnosed and sometimes are not diagnosed, but they usually recognize the symptoms or what we call the traits of being ADHD. Um, and those are who I work with usually. Well, and we got to give a shout out to your company. Mind Mind Wave Coaching, Mind Wave Consulting. Uh, so we go by Mind Wave Co. Um, so I have a, uh, a a partner who does some work with me as well. She works sort of in the marketing arena, and we just brought on a freelance uh, graphic designer as well, who's going to be doing some work with us, so that we can kind of support the entrepreneurs that we work with really well. And my area is working with people directly, the leaders, the business owners, um, entrepreneurs, whoever they are. And basically Southern Ontario, I know you're in Brantford, so the Hamilton, Niagara, Kitchener, how far do you go? As far as Zoom goes. As far as Zoom goes. <laughs> Did you hear that? As far as Zoom, you can reach out to Sherry. How does all of this background coaching, entrepreneurs, how does this relate to truck driving? Well, it's really an interesting thing because um, through my experiences and working with people, one of the things that started to float to the surface was realizing the um, impacts on a daily basis of people uh, with ADHD, quite often undiagnosed. Um, and one of the really big areas of impact was around their driving. And interestingly enough, um, the choice to become a truck driver or um, any industry really where it's a more of a isolated type job, you do have a tendency to see a higher rate of people who have um, ADHD traits. 
Um, and so I'll give you an example of some of those that might sort of help to clarify that. Right. So um, ADHD is a difference in the way that our brain is wired. Uh, right. We call it neurodiversity. What is ADHD? Oh, thank you. Um, it is a combination of three things. So our attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, and it's characterized by either an inattentive type, a hyperactive type, or a combination of the two. So an inattentive truck driver might be a problem. Uh, That's yes. why we're here. <laughs> an inattentive truck driver would definitely be a problem, but so too would somebody who is hyperactive. Yes. So um, if we kind of look at those two traits a little bit, inattentive really talks about the inability to stay focused on a particular thing for a period of time. Um, I personally am ADHD, a primarily an inattentive type, but I do experience some of the hyperactivity um, uh, traits. Uh, that inattentive is oftentimes to have difficulty, maybe I'm having a conversation with you and you're telling me something really important and I'm hearing the words but they're not really processing in my brain. And so now five seconds later I've completely forgotten what you said to me. Um, that's not happening, but <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so that's one of the really big challenges and so when it comes to having to stay focused on a particular task or consistently follow a structured way of doing things, um, it can be a little bit troublesome. So of course, doing um, your driving. Now I will say that I did actually at one time have my B license. I did drive a school bus many, many, many years ago um, when my 21 year old was a baby. Um, and so I'm familiar with the circle check process um, and some concepts around that. But I'm also aware because my dad uh, was a truck driver as well. So I have some familiarity around the industry. Um, as a person who's driving a vehicle that's that large, knowing that right from circle check where you need to make sure that you get every single one of those details, that can be a little bit difficult. Um, it's hard for me to stay focused on every single step along the way and not miss them sometimes. So for me to make sure that I have systems in place, but if someone came up and spoke to me in the middle of my circle check, oh, <laughs> I have to start all over again from the beginning. And it may not be so pronounced for some people. They may notice it a little bit, but not recognize what it is. There's a train of thought and it's suddenly interrupted and they don't realize that that's happening. My worst one is I realize I need to do something, pick my phone up to do it, but I notice there's a notification on there. If I check that notification before I do what I picked my phone up for, I'm never going to remember why I picked it up. Well, that happens to me frequently. No, I usually remember five or ten minutes later, but... Yeah, when something else prompts you to remember it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it happened the other night. Just, who won the hockey game? Picked my phone up. Check the notifications. Why did I pick my phone up? And just had no clue. And it was gone. Yeah. Absolutely. Happens frequently. Um, and, and the truth is, is that um, oftentimes why it is not necessarily identified, first of all, there's actually a couple of reasons. One of them is, if it's a mild enough symptom, people recognize that that's something that everybody experiences from time to time, right? right? Um, it doesn't matter who it is, you'll always hear people talk about the fact that they you know, went to do something and then they forgot what it was. So, you know, they, you know, take 10 steps back to where you were to see if you can remember what it was. So even a, what we would call neurotypical, so not someone who has not 
got the unique qualities of being ADHD can experience some of the same symptoms or the same traits, but they're typically experiencing them at very low levels. Um, inattentive type is also a bit of a challenge because the hyperactive type gets all the attention, right? Those are the kids in school who couldn't stay in their seats. They couldn't um, stay focused in class, but they were also very disruptive of the rest of the class. They were often physical, often getting into trouble, uh, doing things they probably shouldn't have been doing, getting into things they shouldn't be doing. Um, and they're very, very uh, high speed, right? So you can definitely pick those out. And usually they're flagged through the education system, right? So the teachers recognize this. Inattentive can quite often be interpreted as something else. It could be interpreted as somebody's just being very introverted. It could be introverted, they're not really paying attention in class, which is a common thing that we hear as kids. It could be that there's some question about how smart they are. Um, they're just not that bright. Um, or they're probably just going to have a basic job when they grow up, is the perception that is created. When in fact, it's very common for people who are ADHD to be quite bright. Uh, in fact, our brains have to process a whole lot more than a neurotypical's brain. Um, and so it's just misunderstood, and often that inattentive type is missed in a diagnosis. Right. So you, you said a new word, neurotypical. All right, so you need to explain that. Sherry, what is neurotypical? Okay, that's a great question. So when we talk about neurotypical versus neurodivergent, uh, neurotypical, neurotypical, which clearly is occasionally hard to say, is really generally considered to be the average person's brain wiring. Uh, it's someone who is not experiencing the extremes of what ADHD looks like. So neurodivergent is where we would refer to someone whose brain is developed a little bit differently. And so you will see those traits of things like ADHD, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, dyslexia, and even in the extremes, things like autism and Tourette's as well would fall under neurodivergent. There is this concept that the average population is neurotypical, uh, but the numbers of people that are being recognized as being neurodivergent are growing only because we're recognizing more of them, more of the symptoms, more of the um, the people in, in how they interact in our world. And so uh, that balance point is much closer than it used to be. Uh, anywhere from 35 to 55% of the population is in fact neurodivergent. And so you're saying, because truck drivers, or what I hear you're saying, sorry, um, is truck drivers are part of the normal population, so we could should be able to fully expect that somewhere between 35 and, you said 40%? 55. 50 35 and 55, yeah. Percent. However, if because you were talking about what was happening in school, if you labeled me as slow or unintelligent when I was in grade school, I could probably live up to that. Even though I was quite intelligent, which as you were saying, many ADHD people are quite intelligent and have to do a lot of processing. So if I lived up to the low expectations and fulfilled those, I could easily be a brilliant person and become a truck driver. Absolutely. And you probably have many of them who are. Um, one of the reasons why I see that number much higher in entrepreneurs is because we have a tendency to struggle more with communication and conflict resolution with people. Um, 
people with ADHD have a tendency to be more likely to be um, sensitive to the uh, interactions of others and especially judgment and questioning whether someone's right or wrong. And in fact, God, it, I got ADHD for sure. Then. <laughs> Um, so, so there is actually um, what we call um, rejection sensitivity dysphoria, and rejection sensitivity dysphoria is really that extreme. So if you take the example of the neurotypical person experiences emotions on a scale of say 1 to 10, but someone who's neurodivergent, someone who's ADHD, experience the, experiences those more like somewhere between negative 30 and 75 on that same scale. So you can imagine the intense reactions to almost anything, just uh, you know, uh, some kind of a rejection, some kind of a judgment, question about whether or not there's knowledge or if you know what you're doing. So those people have a tendency to look for more independent roles in society in their jobs so you would see people seeking out something where they didn't have to be challenged by others in their roles uh, entrepreneurs are a perfect example most people who are entrepreneurs have worked for other people and then realize they don't like working for other people <laughs> and so they choose to strike out on their own um, so there are many many other jobs where people are doing the same thing and uh, driving truck is quite often one of those it's a very um, solitary role most of the time unless you're driving in teams uh, but it's a quite solitary role and the nice thing about that is you don't have anybody to argue with uh, there's no one to challenge whether or not you're doing it the right way or the wrong way and so truck drivers are quite often very similar to entrepreneurs in that respect and the other part of that I'm just thinking when a dispatcher talks uh, negatively to a truck driver they would be much more impacted than the normal human being and this happens way too frequently where a dispatcher would say something negative to a truck driver and by the time the truck driver comes back from his trip he's ready to quit because and nobody really understands it, but this would at least go part of the way to explain why it affects a truck driver so much more. So can you just say that again, and then we'll get into trip planning and, and some of the other things that truck drivers have to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's actually very directly related. And the reason for that is because the average person who is interacting with people throughout the course of their day um, is also interacting with a number of other things during the course of their day, likely where I may go to the office and have a run-in with a colleague. I don't like something they said to me. But then I have lots of other things to take my attention away from that, and I have other people to talk to and communicate throughout the course of the day. And so inevitably, you're likely going to sort of um, see that emotional reaction dissipate. There are other things to attract your attention. But for someone who's a truck driver, for example, or anyone who works in a solitary position, that's the last thing that happened or maybe that's the most significant thing that happened before they started their trip that day and so now it's on their mind and unfortunately one of the other things that quite often happens is that we um we do this uh, sort of cycling through thoughts on a regular basis and unfortunately we have very racing minds so as we're cycling through these thoughts we're unfortunately cycling through uh, ruminating in fact on something negative that may have happened that's typically what that definition is around is negative things and so the more that they ruminate the more that it's building up that um, emotional reaction to it um, and so I don't want to go crazy into this explanation but imagine that every day you start off with a bucket and you can pour emotions in there um, over the course of the day 
And every time you pour more emotions in there, uh, negative ones or what we perceive negatively, um, you know, they fill up and fill up a little bit more. Um, usually throughout the course of the day, we find ways to pour a little bit out so there's more room to tolerate any other additional negative emotions. The problem is, is that when you don't have those other outlets and you're in your truck all day long and there's nothing else to focus on and you're in your head the whole time because there's nobody else to talk to and no one to talk you out of that headspace, um, you just keep filling that bucket with more and more emotions and it's getting worse and worse and eventually it just overflows. And would that overflowing be road rage? Absolutely. <laughs> or it could put, potentially be. Yeah, for sure. And and it may not necessarily be road rage, but it could very well be that they get to their first stop where they're maybe dropping stuff um, and they have an encounter with a person there and that goes negatively, um, whether it's because of you know what's been happening internally or who knows what else, that negative reaction is only going to make things worse. And they don't have that outlet to talk them down off that ledge. Yeah, or the spouse calls and says, hey, the plumbing's leaking, or how are we going to make the payment this month? What, whatever, just piling on, you know, so it's more difficult for an ADHD person to cope with those things. And many of them would choose solitary jobs, like you said, entrepreneurs and truck drivers. My God, we got to have probably more in our industry than the average population because of the type of work that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, and it is something that I do see amongst entrepreneurs. Uh, if I took a room full of 10 to 15 of them, um, you know, the higher average is definitely around them showing signs of being ADHD, even if they are not diagnosed. Um, in fact, I have a, a couple of groups that I work with specifically. And in that group, those people didn't necessarily come together because they were ADHD. They came together because they're entrepreneurs. Uh, but the average is actually about 90% in those groups. And to some extent that may be because they're recognizing that their coping skills are not getting them through, uh, and that's why they're seeking out the extra support. Um, but the learning the coping skills is definitely more challenging for someone with ADHD than it would be for a neurotypical person. That's interesting. Look, I know that you've got to get going. We have a podcast. You are launching a podcast soon. What's the name of it? The name of the podcast is going to be Scatter. Scatter, as in <laughs> scatterbrained, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm really looking forward to it because uh, what I'm going to be doing is interviewing uh, people who are leaders or entrepreneurs already who live with ADHD and some will be diagnosed and some will not be diagnosed but it's really about the experience that they have living with the traits of ADHD um, and so what we're going to be doing is not only doing a little bit of an interview with them directly but then I'm also going to be providing some of the um, uh, applied neuroscience pieces to help uh, uh, those particular entrepreneurs understand for themselves but also for the listeners to be able to understand what's happening with that person. Now, if I was a truck driver and I thought maybe I had ADHD, what would some of the signs be and what could I do about it? Yeah, and those are really important questions. Um, it, it often is not something that people seek out um, until something clicks for them and they go, hey, wait a second. 
Uh, so fortunately, there is a document uh, that you can find pretty readily actually on the internet. Um, it's the adult self-reporting quiz. And there are a couple of Canadian resources. Uh, the website, um, the Canadian ADHD Resource Alliance, I think is one of them. And then there's another one that's CADAC, C-A-D-D-A-C. We'll put those in the links below. Sure, you'll send them to me. <laughs> um, and certainly I can actually send you a copy of that as well. So you could um, share that. Um, and I, I don't think I have it on my website currently, but I'll, I'll be adding it up there soon. Um, and it's a fairly short survey that really just asks some of the key questions. Um, it's a great starting point, but I do want to make sure that people understand, first of all, there are a lot of other physical illnesses that can create some of the traits that we experience um, in ADHD. So it's really important to go through that full process of a diagnosis, and that actually includes a lot of different pieces. So they do the very physical, lots of family history questions because the percentage of people who have ADHD who have a parent um, is significant. Um, they want to understand about birth because 70% of ADHD is diagnosed because of genetics, but 25% is believed to be because of um, sort of what you call traumatic childbirth, which isn't really as bad as it sounds. But um, so there are a lot of pieces in that diagnosis process, um, but there are definitely resources online to discover uh, whether or not. So some of the things that someone with ADHD might recognize for themselves would be the basics, right? The inability to stay focused on a task for a consistent period of time uh, without feeling that the attention is broken. Um, a lot of forgetfulness, um, uh, things like feeling hyperactive, so racing mind, but also not able to sit still. Uh, our ADHD friends who are on the hyperactive side have a tendency to be the knee bouncers or the pen clickers, or they have that crazy trait that everybody's like, will you stop? Um, so <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean that that person is ADHD though. Again, there could be other things behind that, right? So those would be some of the really obvious things. What I tell people is there are a lot of hidden symptoms. So things like time blindness. This is one that uh, right now is really big for a lot of people. I find this, I jokingly say, the only day of the week I know when it is is actually Fridays. Um, <laughs> uh, but that time blindness is um, our ability to hyper-focus. And so we get hyper-focused in on something and we lose track of time. But we also are not good at planning. And so understanding how to plan something and how much time it will take to do that particular activity can be a bit of a challenge. So that time blindness can apply to almost anything and everything, but they're probably the person who is always late, um, never on time for anything, even if you give them the 15 minute you know, buffer window that we learn to give. Um, so that time blindness is really, really key. We have a real deficit around working memory. Uh, so that is the, I picked up my phone, I've totally forgotten what I was going to do with it. Mid-sentence. Well, I mean, sorry, I'm just thinking for a truck driver, he looks at his GPS and it says, you know, travel 10 miles and take exit 48. You drive five minutes, you go, what exit? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it. <laughs> Um, and, and we all process differently, even in that neurodivergent world. So, um, you know, there are some people who may be uh, dyslexic, who have this brilliant ability to remember numbers, 
I do not. <laughs> so numbers will throw me off every time. I can remember it for about this long. Um, so it depends on what that information is that needs to be stored and that person's individual neurodiversity. But absolutely, and I, um, I, I'll use uh, playing euchre as an example. I, I don't know if you play euchre or not, uh, but if I, my friends are playing euchre with me, I will probably ask 72 times through one game, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yet, if I have a conversation, so I, I met a gentleman through one of my webinars uh, just this week, um, and he was in a group that I held earlier today. When he came on, he I, I'm sure he was testing, uh, but he said to me, do you remember uh, what I said in that? And I just rhymed off all of the specifics, and he was like, I can't believe you remembered all that. But again, I people is my thing, so that's what I remember. I can hyper-focus on what someone tells me about who they are and what they experience, especially with their ADHD experience. Um, but again, don't ask me to remember numbers. <laughs> so the last thing, what should a truck driver take away from today's conversation? Yeah, there's so many things that I know it's hard to boil it down, um, but I think what's really important is this. There's not... A, there is, has often been a stigma behind being ADHD. And the reason for that is because people perceive this in a negative way. They look at this as a deficit, uh, because of course attention deficit is the way that one side of that was named. But the truth is, is that on the opposite side of the challenges are extraordinarily incredible skills that we develop. So we call them superpowers. Um, and that ability to hyper-focus on something that's of interest to us versus not being able to concentrate is one of those things that we're able to do. And there's a whole explanation behind that dopamine thing in our heads, but I won't go into that. But we really possess um, these superpowers as a result of, and, uh, and actually I can share with you, I have a, a sheet that I tend to send out to people that I call superpowers. Um, and you've got to go through that sheet and recognize what the positives are. There are things that as someone who is neurodivergent, you can do in a unique way that most other people cannot do. Neurotypicals can't do it. And so I want people to recognize that it's not a bad thing. It's just different. And so we can choose what we do with that information. But what's most important is that we are at risk for um, things like chronic illnesses we're at risk for earlier death, we are at risk for uh, mental health issues when we aren't conscious of those potential um, uh, traits from ADHD. And so recognizing it and being able to own it for ourselves is extremely empowering. And I know that lots of truck drivers and lots of entrepreneurs don't want to admit where there's an area of challenge for them because it's just not in our nature. But the truth is, is that the more that we're able to own that and do something with it, uh, the more likely we are to be successful, the more likely we are to build strategies that are going to help us to do things that we before perhaps couldn't have completed. And uh, it also helps for other people to be able to recognize that it's just different. It's not wrong. It's not broken. It's just different. And with that, Sherry, thanks for so much for coming on the show. Thank you. This was fantastic. And I'm so glad that I was your first in-house guest. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great interview with Sherry of MindWave talking about truck drivers and ADHD. All right, there's some interesting links down below. Click like and subscribe. 
Uh, thanks very much for tuning in and talk to you again next week. This is Chris Harris, the Dog On It Trucking Podcast. We're out. I hope you loved the show as much as I did. Please leave us a like, a thumbs up, a review, a comment, a rating if it is in your heart. Thank you so much. And I do really appreciate your time. And join us again next week for another exciting interview.